0: Hello and welcome to episode 38 of Conf T with USC, recorded Tuesday, September 15th, 2020. A quick reminder that the thoughts and opinions expressed here are our own, and to please consult with Cisco TAC or Cisco Certified Partners before implementing any of the recommendations made on this show. I am your host, Brian Young, and I'm here with my co-host, Mr. Boyd. How are you, sir? Doing well, Brian. Thanks for asking. Of course so we um we got a chance to uh, to sit down with uh, mr piparata we've had him on the show a couple of times actually it was his idea to come back on he had a pretty good idea on talking about day two operations for dc
1: fabrics which of course kind of went right over my head i don't know about you boy uh, i've got some knowledge on it but obviously <laughs> he's he's the king of it so <laughs> don't let him hear that i hope he doesn't <laughs> listen to this because he, he'll never let that he'll never let that
0: go but yeah, I mean, and, and you focus mostly on the, the data center side of the, the, the Cisco portfolio. I don't really dabble too much into it. But as you'll see, when we went through this, this discussion with Joe, I started kind of understanding the similarities between the data center fabrics and what we're doing in the enterprise networking stuff with campus fabrics. And it's, it's very similar, just kind of different acronyms and different programs to do generally the, the same thing. Uh, would would you agree with that? Or,
1: yeah, I mean, some of the concepts are definitely similar or the same. Uh, it's just if you took you know things that are important to the campus and you kind of translated that to what's important to a data center, then you get ACI into day two fabric operations. Right.
0: Well, and that was the the idea behind today's episode. And without further ado, let's jump right in. All right. So we've got Mr. Joe Piperata back again. I don't know why he keeps putting himself through this torture, but uh, Joe, <laughs> welcome back to uh, to another episode of Conf Tea. We're happy to have you on.
2: It's a pleasure to be here and there's nothing else I could imagine doing this afternoon than spending some time, <laughs> time with you and Brian.
0: Of course. Well, w- one way or another, we're all spending time together. So I guess this is probably one of the more enjoyable ways to do so. so. Well, without a doubt. So Joe, you kind of uh, put this idea together to do an episode on day two operations for data center fabrics. And of course, being more on the security side of the wheelhouse and all things Cisco, I was scratching my head at all the acronyms you had to send me. So I'm really going to kind of hand the reins over to you and uh, you can kind of explain what the hell you're talking about here. Uh, I've, I'm pretty sure this is important as I've seen it come up in a couple other meetings and uh requests for meetings, but um, why don't you go ahead and give us an explanation as to what day two operations for data center fabrics mean, and uh, we can go from there.
2: That sounds good. Thanks, Brian. And actually, the fact that you just brought up security is interesting and made me think about these solutions in that same type of model. So for a security implementation, do you see uh, customers setting it and forgetting it? Or do they go through some sort of process, maybe not every day, but they're probably going to have some sort of mechanism in-house to help ensure that the security policy is applied, applied properly, applied where it needs to be applied, right. right? So this is that same type of approach for the data center network, the data center fabric, multiple data centers. So I have, I have an infrastructure more often than not, it's going to be supporting some combination of critical resources, uh, dev test environments, and maybe some resources in between that you know are important, but maybe not critical. Uh, but I certainly would like a, a, a method or methods as a data center operations person, a network engineer, help me confirm, and ideally in an automated and proactive fashion, help me confirm that my infrastructure is doing what it needs to do, mm-hmm. right? All right. Do I have any issues at the hardware or software level? Uh, beyond the hardware and software, every component in the data center of course has processor and memory. So what's the, what's the health of the, the underlying components of the data center, fabrics data center environments themselves. And then within a fabric, you're going to have different logical components uh, that can be monitored and managed, and alerts can be uh, sent automatically and proactively if something anywhere along the lines is out of line, right? Whether it deviates from a baseline or something as simple as, hey, Mr. Customer or Miss Customer, you're... You're running a platform that is approaching end of sale, end of life, or mm-hmm. you're running software that might not be ideal for your environment, and here's why. So, we have uh, today. It's uh, there's three different applications. They are being merged into one. Uh, oh, uh, at some point next year, we'll see that. But the upfront this month, we will see an application called the Nexus Dashboard. The dashboard is the aggregation of what we call Network Insights Resources and Network Insights Advisor, All right? So what's nice is, and this had been the plan all along, but really to facilitate pace of development and feature inclusion, they they were on uh, two separate paths for a bit. But as I said, they're merging under one application. That application is going to give customers consistent, constant and proactive insights into all aspects of their data center fabrics
0: okay so let's let's take a step back here for a minute Joe let's understand more for the audience that may not be aware of it and I know it's not something that's top of my mind let's talk about what is a data center fabric I know we've had a previous episode where we discussed the fa- network fabric and the enterprise networking side but let's kind of start from there uh we understand what kind of what the day two operations are right it's it's the it's when you have everything implemented and you're starting to support it and ensure that it's doing what it's supposed to do. Again, whether that's through automation or where, wherever we can put in automation is great, right? We've, we've talked about automating and security and everywhere else. So it, it makes a lot of sense there, but let's under take a step back and understand what the data center fabric is. Yeah, it's a
2: great, uh, great approach. So at, at a, in a very generic terms, think of it as the entire data center switching infrastructure, whether that's, single site, -site. multi-site, in the future, it won't matter if this is physical gear on-prem or virtualized instances of hardware, if you will, or functions in the cloud. Uh, But think of the fabric as whatever makes up your data center environment from a access layer, quarter, and distribution perspective. In the more narrow, uh, specific solution sense of the term, it really refers to a spine leaf architecture so i will have a certain type of switch redundant of course functioning as my spines think of that as core distribution in a traditional network architecture i will have a perhaps a different model but similar connectivity and functionality i will have uh, the access layer or the leaf nodes so I'm probably going to have a a fabric or a data center infrastructure in a primary and a secondary data center, I could have a tertiary data center, I might have a virtual cloud presence. But that that is essentially what what constitutes a a fabric. It's the latest way to really point to all that switching infrastructure to which your servers whether physical or virtual will connect.
1: So Joe, you mentioned spine leaf, which makes me think of ACI or sure potentially a VXLan implementation using uh, DCNM. Are those a requirement to use the software that you mentioned, the three?
2: They are not, actually. So it just so happens those two solutions were the initial focus. Uh, One, because that's um, what we see growing, I think, at at the fastest rate. It made sense to focus resources there and provide customers with that additional level of proactive insight into both hardware and software and and performance and functionality. But those solutions, uh, as it had been planned, have expanded to support non-ACI, non-VXLAN. So there is, there is no requirement that you have an ACI fabric. There's no requirement that you have a VXLAN fabric. What is a requirement is that you have either uh, ACI or DCNM. But you could be running a traditional nxos based infrastructure, non-VXLAN, and DCNM coupled with these applications would still be applicable.
0: Now, what is DCNM?
2: DCNM,
0: uh, one of your one of your favorite
2: four-letter uh, initialisms, right? Uh, data Center <laughs> Network Manager. So similar to the uh, uh, Apic or the Application Policy Infrastructure Controller, right? Your centralized GUI for managing. Uh, deploying and managing an ACI environment. We have data center network manager for deploying, configuring, uh, and doing some monitoring of NXOS or VXLAN fabrics. In fact, I I would probably never try to deploy a VXLAN fabric via the command line. DCNM is going to make that so much more efficient for deployment and ongoing maintenance and administration.
0: And just again, to take a step back, when we're talking about NXOS versus ACI. What are our primary differences here? Is it really just about the the spine leaf architecture whether you have it or not and, and data set uh, data center fabrics or or the old way of doing it kind of setup?
2: Yeah, you could think of it as traditional and next gen. Uh, next gen also being equal to a software defined data center. And and this is where my customers are interested in, in going, it's it's what they're investigating when it comes time to doing a data center refresh. So when you're heading down that, that software defined data center path, I now have the option to configure a policy or a collection of policies and let the management plane deploy that policy right under the hood. It's a configuration, but think of it as deploying a policy to my infrastructure, right? I want this application, or this group of servers to either talk or not communicate to this other application or group of servers. So I, I I don't, I don't have to go into each and every device in my data center and configure that. I define that one time in a centralized controller. And I let the controller push the policy or policies wherever they need to be applied in the environment.
0: So, so yeah. And, and this this is very familiar to what we talked about with the enterprise networking, kind of the, the access layer stuff, right? With the intent-based networking where you give the system, you tell it your intent. I don't want IoT devices, for example, to talk to HR servers, right? Bingo. And then the system goes out and applies the, the policies that actually go ahead and enforce uh, that communication from not happening versus the other way of doing it which is creating extended access lists knowing what your IPs are, what your ports are, your subnet sizes are and if any of those things change that policy is it's static. It doesn't it doesn't evolve with that. It doesn't do anything. It may actually not even continue to provide that protection that you initially had intended for it to do if you don't have something that's more automated like the intent-based networking on the access layer, or in this case, um, ACI.
2: Exactly right. Give me a simplified method for defining how I want all my infrastructure traffic to function. Right, so I'm no longer configuring devices. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm defining how I want traffic to flow. I can define that for one or multiple data centers. I can define that for just physical data centers that I own. Could be a colo facility. Could be public cloud. I have the opportunity to define that policy once and have it deployed wherever I have workloads, and that's that's the power of it. Now, on the flip side, it goes back to the the start of the conversation, right? These these network insights, and then the uh, the network assurance engine. So it's it's one thing to have that at your fingertips, right? I define a policy, I I deployed it everywhere. Uh, a lot of our customers have audit requirements that they have to satisfy, so. You come to me, you're the auditor, and you say, okay, Mr. Network Operator, you, you you told me this is how you configured it, but prove to me that this particular subnet or device cannot talk to this other subnet or device. Mm-hmm. The, the last thing that you would accept as proof is me saying, oh, sure, let me take you into my my policy configurator here, and I'll show you what I have configured. Well, <laughs> that, that's that's not what you're asking for. Right. You're right. not you're not asking to see the configuration you're asking me to prove that my configuration is applied properly. And that's one of the critical functions of the, the network assurance engine. It's a proof point that your policy that you have configured is actually deployed and functioning properly in one or more fabrics.
1: So, Joe, what what are these pieces of software where do they live and do they take historical data into consideration, too? Is it a virtual machine that stores all of these logs or what?
2: Yeah, so let's split that between uh, the Nexus dashboard and the network assurance engine. So the, the NAE, the network assurance engine, is what I just talked about. And again, one of its many functions is is satisfying policy deployment, policy enforcement requirements. Um, it, it's actually three virtual machines. So those, hmm. three, those three VMs have, based on the size of the fabric, they have very well-defined performance characteristics. When you deploy them in your environment, uh, you can run them on existing infrastructure. We have a, an application services engine that you could deploy applications on. So that could certainly be used. Uh, down the road, we're actually merging that network assurance engine functionality into this Nexus dashboard as well. So you'll have one tool, the, de- the Nexus dashboard, that'll be a one-stop shop for all things day two ops related, whether it's uh, VXLAN Fabrics, ACI Fabrics, or NXOS. Then we have Network Insights Resources, Network Insights Advisor, uh, soon to become the Nexus dashboard. Uh, for the full suite, the full complement of functionality rather, that should also run on the, the application services engine. Again, that is our best in class hosting platform for all the day two ops applications and even even additional applications, we will support third party apps uh, in the not too distant future as well. So the reason you want a hardware platform, one of the functions of the resources application is flow collection and flow analytics. And it's it's a great function within resources because it will show you, or one it will not only identify the flows that have some sort of negative characteristic from a performance perspective, it's going to show you the exact path that that flow takes through your environment. And that can be very valuable time-saving information when it comes to identifying a problem area and executing a troubleshooting and investigation process. So um, here's the thing, but flow collection, though, flow collection analytics is not a, a simple activity per se when, when it comes to resources uh from a processor memory perspective so if, if you want always on uh, full flow collection and analytics you you really want to have hardware resources dedicated to that and that's one of the reasons that ase or that application services engine exists it becomes that that redundant platform for hosting all these applications that we're discussing
0: what kind of uh, re- retention are we talking about here? I I, th- I know uh Boyd had asked about kind of collecting historical information as well. What 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 kind of retention would be, would be looking at in terms of being able to kind of go back and and play back something or for an audit or something like that? Sure.
2: Yeah, that's a a critical function actually of all the solutions. So in the NAE for example, uh let's say Uh, Again, one of its other critical functions is change management. So I made a change in my environment, and all of a sudden, the health of my fabric shows up as a score that doesn't mesh with what I need to maintain for my infrastructure, my applications to be functioning at an optimal level.
0: And does that change change include something that's done on the CLI outside of the network manager or any of those tools? It certainly could, yes. Okay.
2: It certainly could because this, this NAE is running in one of two modes. It can run in live mode or offline mode. But if it's in a live mode, it is synchronized with your fabrics. And at some program interval, it is doing an investigation of the policies that are configured, the policies that are applied, the policies that are running, uh, the state of the fabric or fabrics. So you can run it in an always-on, always-enabled mode. And it will know any modifications that occur in that fabric. And let's say, I don't know, we'll go with uh, Brian. A guy named Brian logged into the fabric and makes a change. And that change uh, happens to be detrimental to the health of the fabric. So
1: then Which wouldn't,
0: wouldn't happen. No, see, that, that wouldn't happen. If I made a change, I knew what the hell I was doing. But I, Continue. I, I I picked I picked
2: Brian randomly. It's, it's Brian spelled differently than than either one of you guys? Yeah, <laughs> it's different. It's a different Brian. Um, so, what can I do with this tool? Well, I can rewind the clock, and it has a concept of of epics. You'll hear you will hear folks pronounce it epoch. I like to call it an epic. An epic is a a point in time analysis of one or more fabrics, mm-hmm. and and you can do that across any number of functions. Change management being one of them, of course. So. Within the tool, I can rewind the clock. Let me check 15 minutes ago or yesterday at a particular time, uh, date and timestamp. And I can see then, okay, the, the fabric was healthy then. It was green. Everyone's happy, applications are happy, things are, are functioning normally. Fast forward to whenever that change was made and I can see within the tool, the fabric is now showing a, an unhealthy state. And then with a few clicks inside the GUI, I can see the exact changes that were made. And then, of course, within the ACI fabric, or within the uh, controller, you can revert those changes. So you would cross-launch the centralized GUI, or the policy controller, to then revert those changes. And then ultimately, you should see the fabric go back to a healthy state. So basically, within a a very short window from changes being made, you will see the impact uh, almost immediately to the data center fabrics.
0: Now, you mentioned healthy state versus unhealthy state. What would be a metric that constitutes whether it's unhealthy or we Are we talking performance, security, something else, all of the above? What?
2: Uh, it's a, it can be a combination of all of the above. So whether we're talking the network assurance engine, which is, by the way, specific today to ACI and VXLAN. We, we just recently announced VXLAN support. But we also have that same type of functionality built into the Nexus dashboard. So... If a fabric is unhealthy, you drill down into the specific. So is it, is it hardware that's unhealthy? Uh, is, there ne- is there other negative scores against the fabric from a software perspective? Maybe I'm running a version of code that for one reason or another is now deferred. That's going to count against that health score. So the nice thing is you have a tool to give you all those proactive insights. You know, Mr. End user, Ms. End user, you're running this software it's been deferred. Here's why: right, you you have these switch models. Uh, there are uh, components of this software that are no longer optimal for those switch models. You should be running this version instead. It's actually going to go the, a, a few next steps, which is great for our customers. It, it's not just a recommendation of here's here's a version of software you should consider. It's going to show you how to get there. So if I'm running version X and I want to get to Z, can I upgrade directly? Is there an intermediary version required, which is going to help me plan my maintenance windows, of course. So when you look at those health scores, it's composed of all the critical elements of the data center fabrics. It's the hardware, it's the software. Within each piece of hardware, you have logical constructs. Or within each fabric, you have logical constructs. So am am I maxing out any of those resources? It's going to give you all the insight that you need to drill down on problem areas, drill down into troubleshooting, and in most cases, it's going to give you next steps. It's going to take the guesswork out of what do I do now if I see something unhealthy in my data center environment.
1: So it sounds like it can really help with uh, the software side of troubleshooting as well as you know human error or configuration changes. What about hardware? Does it give you statistics on packet loss, drops, uh, maybe a bad port, things like that?
2: Um, most of that would be included as well. Yeah, if you're experiencing anything from a uh, anything that could they have that could negatively impact traffic from a hardware perspective, that is included in these tools as well. And outside of these tools, they're other than spending a lot of time on the command line, uh, which again is not not proactive per se, and I, it's not something I, I see customers doing. Right? They're not logging into all their data center switches every day and running a slew of commands just to check in and see where things are, people are typically in, in uh, response mode. So, okay, an, an issue right. happened over here, whether it was something application specific or other type of issue, an issue happened, now I go investigate and try to figure out where where the issue started, where is it now, where did it begin, what do I do? These day two operations tools take all the guesswork out of it and what we're really getting out here is is massive time savings and, equally important, uh, heading off issues before they occur or before they become bigger issues and have a, a very negative impact on the environment.
1: Yeah, it sounds like it would save some downtime.
2: So, and on that note, uh, we actually have a tool that uh, our account teams can use called the Business Value Assessment it's uh, very extensive. Uh, it was developed by uh, a Cisco person named Nigel Hawks. Uh, it does cover multiple technologies, but the one that we care about, about the most today, of course, is, is day two operations. So I can accept a lot of default values that are in there, check a few boxes and say, yes, for, for this size environment, This is this is my customer environment. I want to check the box on day two operations and it will give you approximate savings and ROI from a day two operations perspective. Uh, you can you can blend ACI fabric in there if, if, if you want ACI to be part of it. You can blend tetration in, uh, which I know we, we've spoken about before uh, on the podcast. But you can narrow down to just day two ops. You can then spend some time customizing if you want to define or, or refine those variables so it's very customer specific. It will give... A very explicit numbers on here. Here's your potential savings, Mr. Customer, Miss Customer, based upon the size of your network, the amount of time that you you told me you typically spend troubleshooting or investigating. It will factor all those variables in and come up with a uh, very solid ROI, uh, which is uh, makes makes it easy to justify the tools.
0: Now, what kind of hardware are we? supporting with these tools? Is this the entire Nexus lineup? Are there certain models that kind of fall outside of what this what these tools can cover?
2: Uh, yeah, we're, we're in a good spot. Uh, I, I can't say we cover every single platform. Uh, the ones that are near and dear to my heart, the Nexus 9K or Nexus 9300, mm-hmm. 9500, uh, 9200 series, depending on how you deploy it, it, it will be supported. Uh, so Again, it's, it's NXOS, VXLAN, ACI. That's all supported in these tools. The Nexus 3000 series is also supported by Network Insights and Resources, again, soon to be dashboard. And actually, the Nexus 7000 is supported by some of these tools as well. Uh, what is not on the list uh, currently, and TBD, if it, it makes it onto the roadmap, It would be the Nexus 5000, or now 5500, 5600 series. But the fact that we do support the 3K, the various 9K models, plus the 7K, covers the the vast majority of what my customers have deployed.
0: Right, right. Yeah, I know those are pretty
1: pretty popular numbers. And uh, Joe, if there's a customer out there who maybe hasn't moved to intent-based networking in the data center... Uh, And they have Nexus 9K set up, traditional NXOS, no VXLAN. What can they get out of these tools?
2: So customers that have NXOS today, uh, let's say they don't have DCNM, right? So we can layer Data Center Network Manager onto the fabric, right? So now they'll have a centralized GUI, which is what most of my customers are seeking, right? They, They want that that centralized point of administration and control. So we would layer on DCNM, and then we can layer on. Network Insights Resources, and Advisor. So being that these are merging, customers that are already invested are entitled to Nexus Dashboard, of course, uh, but going forward, known as Nexus Dashboard, you can layer that onto an existing environment. Now where the industry is going, where Cisco is going, of course, is subscription-based licensing. Uh, so you will see subscription for uh, combined licenses. So Data Center Network Manager and Layer 3 all there are three functionality is in the initial license, and then you can stack feature and functionality from there. But the uh, the network operations or day two operations are based on a subscription license as well. So we have a lot of flexibility as far as the term and where we can use those licenses. Uh, we do have a number of customers that have perpetual licenses, uh, legacy perpetual licenses. We're not locked out of applying. These day two operation subscription licenses, we can still use them in that type of environment. Again, we just want to make sure that the environment has data center network manager. Once that base has been set, then we can look at how the, the uh, look at the best way to add those day two ops licenses. And once once they're deployed, you now have a solution that's going to give you all the proactive insights and alerts that you would possibly need to help assure both fabric health. Thus, application health behind the scenes
0: now, Joe, the conversation has come up numerous times between you and me and also with our customers about when they're looking at Nexus, whether they go with the NXOS or ACI different platforms, right? Sure, what would be let's let's break that down a little bit if if we could. What would kind of be the reasoning why someone would want to go ACI? I mean, besides just being the latest and greatest, right? Um, What would be kind of the key points and factors that you would bring up to the customer of why they should go ACI? Or what would be a reason why someone shouldn't go ACI? Sure. So
2: what I would never tell somebody is ACI is just like what you've always been doing. Right, mm. it it was never designed to be, you know, a, a solution that was just like what was being done. And the problem with what was being done, and by that I mean maintaining individual device configurations and not really having a way to assure that policy is applied consistently and working properly across one or more data centers, um, we we knew it was going to be different. What's interesting is under the hood there is a configuration, right? There is a command line for for ACI. You can get on the devices and look at the configuration. But when we look at what our customers are trying to do with their with their data centers, so they they need to support multiple data center or instance types, physical. Maybe I have a brown field or a colo facility where I, I I need to to deploy infrastructure and thus my policies. Most of our customers are if not investigating, they already have some percentage of workloads deployed in the public cloud. Wouldn't it be great if I had a simple way to take my single policy that I've defined and deploy it anywhere I have infrastructure and workloads? ACI makes that readily available. And and it comes back to a technology that we've been discussing with our customers for as long as I can remember, right? And the underlying requirement is disaster recovery business continuity, Right. The way to facilitate that is data center interconnect. So if I have my my primary, my secondary data center, uh, data centers connected properly or connected in such, such a fashion that facilitates seamless failover in the event of some sort of data center issue, then I've just protected myself from various types of outages. I've helped assured infrastructure availability. I've helped assured application availability and performance. The, the core of ACI, is technology that not just facilitates a fuller redundant always on fabric within a data center, but I can easily stretch that if you will to one or more additional data centers, regardless again of whether they're physical or virtual cloud-based, whether it's a facility I own or a facility that's that's outside of my control. I, I have a way to define a policy deployed everywhere and support the uptime and performance requirements that my customers, right? If, I, if I'm a network operations or network engineer, my customers are all those folks that rely on my network, right? Their applications are running on my network. It's my job to deliver an infrastructure that's always on, and always available, as much as possible, of course. So, ACI, as long as customers are are willing to look at that next generation, and we found that most of them are. You, you just got to be willing to look at that next that next generation, the net next way of doing things. In the, I would say midterm and, and long run, it's going to save a lot of time on not just the operations front, but it should save a lot of time on uh, network outages, right? Which now is time and money. So there are, are significant benefits with heading down that path that, that affords the, uh, the best way, the easiest way to deploy uh, secure smart infrastructure across multiple data center locations.
0: That makes sense. And as our networks are getting more complicated, especially our data center networks getting more and more complex, getting more and more relied upon, it makes sense to treat your even multiple data center networks as a fabric and being able to basically put together a policy of intent saying, I don't want these boxes talking to these boxes and just letting the system handle the policy and run the checks to make sure that it's performing the way it should, whether that's on a security front, making sure those policies are still actively being applied or if there's a hardware issue, making you know, alerting you to that. Um, and then of course, also the um, ensuring that your code is up to date and that there's, you're not running a version of code that you shouldn't be. Exactly. Right. So, so
2: regardless of, of vendor choice and, an infrastructure type. It will be composed of hardware and software. Uh, we get regular accolades for the the amount and type of documentation that we make available. Right? We don't we don't hide anything. If every every piece of software on the planet, whether it's on your phone, on your laptop, on a server, every piece of software has again. I try not to call them bugs. That doesn't sound formal enough to me. Software defects sound so much more more formal and professional. Um, every piece of software on the planet has software defects. We want that information known and available to help our partners and customers make make the best choice possible. Mm-hmm. And 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 there's a lot of controls around that, right? We we offer gold star or recommended releases. We publish all the release notes that include uh, known uh, defects and resolved defects, mm-hmm. and. It's one exercise to select a version of software and, and go through those release notes before selecting a new version, but you have a tool or a collection of tools here that will analyze all the hardware you have, all the software you're running, and alert you to any any known defects that are impacting your environment, any security alerts, any hmm. field notices. And that by itself, from a, an operations perspective, is a massive time savings.
0: Yeah, Brian, I'd like you to weigh on this because this was something that I know that we've relied heavily on TAC to to do in the past, right? To be able to understand if a particular software defect in a particular code version that the customer is running is having an effect on whatever that ticket is in there for
1: was that accurate? Um, yeah, I mean... The tech engineers know the top defects and what the affected software versions are, so that'll be one of the first things they check. Okay, and and this can kind of
0: overlay on top of that, right? Give giving the customer a little bit more information, kind of in their face, saying, "Hey, in your environment, because of X, Y, and Z, I'm noticing blah blah blah, and therefore maybe re- make a suggestion on a,
1: a a code release that that gets uh, installed." Yeah, absolutely. Generally, we'll change our gold star release if a, if a major defect is found um, right. to say, hey, get off this firmware version, get to this, this new latest one that has this bug fix. So if we could publish this information within this dashboard, basically, you know, it makes the, making it a little easier on our customers, showing it to them instead of having them have to go look for it. Uh, I think that could head off a lot of issues. Because, I mean, there are those automated
0: Messages you can sign up for when a version gets changed, or there's a, a problem with a particular version of code. I know I just got a couple emails these past couple days on the twenty five oh four wireless controller, but let's let's face it, not all of our customers read those, and unless it's in their face, I mean, that's mm-hmm. they get an email, they go to a website, they read through the notes, they download the software, they go into the right. Uh, dashboard they download the code and that's just one box <laughs> now they if they have multiple controllers or multiple devices they have to do this too they've got to go through and in uh, cli in or whatever it just becomes a, a hassle this sounds like it takes a lot of the 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 time and work and energy that's required to do that and and kind of gets rid of it and here's what's even more
2: important about these tools you are running, in a data center, you're running a specific switch product line, specific models. You're running specific software versions. You won't you won't receive any generic updates or alerts. Anything that you right. receive is 100% specific, 100% customized, if you will, because the tools know exactly what switch models you're running, exactly what software. So if you're running version, version X on switch number one, if there's an alert for... Version Y, okay. Well, if, if you subscribe to generic updates, you'll get an update about version Y, but it's not applicable to your environment. So, do away with the noise. Let's deploy tools that are one hundred percent specific to my hardware and software. So there's there's time savings there as well.
0: Yeah, big time. No, this is this is awesome. I'm I think for the first time, I think I get the benefits of ACI, and now I can. Get you guys off my back, and I can start selling it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Only took three years.
0: Perfect. Only four. Only took four. But uh, <laughs> no, I mean this. This makes a lot of sense. It's I think something that our customers want and need, especially the customers that are managing large data center networks, multiple data center networks. Takes a lot of the guesswork out, saves them on a lot of time and energy. Uh, just trying to hunt down either. Anomalies within their network, or making sure that they're running the appropriate version of code for whatever reasons—right, whether that's um, a software defect or a security vulnerability within that code—being able to alert the user and just say, "Hey, you've got your your hardware. You're running this version of code. We suggest you move over here. These are the switches affected. Click here to start."
2: <laughs> exactly. Well, well said. Well said. Yep. It's uh, you know significant automated proactive insights into the infrastructure with the whole goal being to drastically simplify and eliminate uh, those day two operations, time intensive activities.
0: Awesome. Well, we are all about automation and ease of use for our customers. So Joe, really appreciate you uh, diving into that. And uh, unless you had anything else you wanted to add?
2: Um, My pleasure. Thanks for having me today. Uh, Great discussion. Thanks for the great great questions and Hopefully, the answers were uh, just as valuable.
0: Thanks for coming back on, Joe. Anytime. Thanks, guys.
1: And uh, and we're back, uh, Brian. What did you What did you think of that conversation? Yeah, I think it was really helpful. I think it'll help people understand the value in day two operations in general. And mm-hmm. um, if there was any confusion around NXOS versus ACI, I think you know we dabbled into that as well.
0: Yeah, and there was definitely a lot of acronyms, NIR, NIA, NAE, uh, but ultimately I think I think we went through them and covered them pretty much at length. Um, as always, we will put some links in the show notes for you to go check out and learn on your own. And as we always say, if you have any questions, reach out to your Cisco account team for more assistance. And with that, I think we'll wrap this one up. Mr. Boyd, do you have anything uh, you'd like to add? No, I'm all set. Awesome. Well, thank you, Mr. Boyd, and thank you for listening to Conftee with your SE. If you have a question you'd like us to answer or a topic you'd like to suggest, please send us an email at hello at conft.show. And if you like the show, please rate and review, and don't forget to subscribe so you can get notified when we publish an episode every two weeks or so. We're trying to get back there. I promise. Show notes for this episode can be found on our website at conft.show. That's C-O-N-F-T dot S-H-O-W. As always, stay safe out there and don't forget to save that config.